on and on ever since you've gone Longing for just a glimpse of you Everywhere, everything I do Haunted by just the thought of you Have you ever been embarrassed when you're in a smart cafe, when they play that Latin tempo? Is your dancing quite passe? Sure, we've all been there. It's the worst. Luckily, while Madame Lazonga's Main Street dance studio has surely long since been converted into luxury apartments, we have the bullishly powerful yet playfully mano-a-mano recorded collaboration between El Señor Mel Torme and El Señor Billy May. 1959's Ole Torme, Mel Torme goes south of the border with Billy May, to guide our ears toward what was hip in the late 1950s with regard to Latin-tinged jazz. It's less bringing out the Latin than you, as those six lessons from Madame Lozonga advertised, and more a gentle misting of yourself with a commercial and highly polished version of the style. I say the style, but in fact May and Torme for this album chose a collection of songs of, or let's be honest, more often than not, at very least name-checking Mexico, Cuba, Brazil, and the Dominican Republic. The album's cover photograph shows Torme standing proudly in a full-on Torero getup, holding the requisite roseate flag, better than a fruit hat, I suppose, and May, ever the cut-up, sitting on the ground, bedecked with sombrero and Mexican blanket, scowling at the camera with his hands in the hey-what-gives position. From the opening old-time rock and roll groove on Malagueña, aka At the Crossroads, it's clear that there is more to this album than exotic parody. And when the big band swings, it swings like hell, and when the brass section rips forth its joyous mambo splats, it does so with verve and heart. Say what you will about the very real potential for and existence of the problematic in a project such as this. You can't say May and Torme don't give it their all. While there is just plain no getting around the fact that the quote-unquote Latin elements that grace this record are almost entirely rooted in the gaze of an outsider charmed by an exotic otherness, for May, at least it's not his first rodeo. In the late 40s, for example, May was tasked by Capitol Records to provide original music for a three-disc set of 10-inch records featuring child star Margaret O'Brien called Let's Fly to Mexico, a travelogue for children. Described briefly in its stunted, space-saving manner in a March 1948 issue of Billboard magazine, then called The Billboard, the project, quote, relates story of O'Brien's Mexican vacation in interesting, appealing fashion. Starting with plane trip to the land south of the border, Margaret leads young listeners around the fascinating country, acting role of Mexican child as well as herself. As an aside, there was a neat feature at the end of these old The Billboard snippets that gauged how the album might fare in jukeboxes and in the hands of disc jockeys, respectively. Jukes and jocks. For those keeping score at home, Let's Fly to Mexico is not suitable for jukeboxes, but great for recorded kiddie shows. A more contemporary example comes in the form of May's first collaboration with Frank Sinatra, entitled Come Fly With Me, which was its own musical travelogue of sorts, released in 1958, just a year before Ole Torme. When Sinatra came to Capitol Records in 1953, May was, at the time, dabbling with leading a road band. His first sessions included a cover of a May song called Lean Baby, 
as well as Nelson Riddle's unabashedly Mayish arrangement, not least by way of its soupy, slurping saxophones of South of the Border. As it happens, that Riddle arrangement would eventually find an appropriate home as a bonus track in the late 90s CD re-release of the aforementioned Come Fly With Me. In fact, speaking of South of the Border, May's arrangement for Torme included a brief and comic detour before a final feel-good modulation into the well-known Mexican Hat Dance, a song that May had arranged some years earlier for Woody Herman's orchestra under the title Mexican Hat Trick, complete with tongue-in-cheek lyrics describing a run-in with his flame's husband, who threatens to rearrange the narrator's face-o, but for one peso. With a lesser arranger behind the pen, many of the songs on Ole Torme could have easily slipped down the series of pegs into tepid and edgeless lounge music, but with May scoring, even the most lightweight songs are brimming with effervescent wit and vitality. One of my favorites on this record is an Alberto Dominguez song called Frenzy, which, aside from being a hit for Artie Shaw in 1940, saw great cover versions from artists as diverse as saxophonist Jerry Mulligan, Ray Charles, and Perez Prado, a Cuban band leader dubbed the King of Mambo. Incidentally, Prado would, nearly a decade after Ole Torme, release a great record called simply Latino, which featured not only Frenesi, but also two other songs taken on by May and Torme in their collaboration, namely Perfidia and Adios. Despite the title, Torme and May provide a most unfrenzied reading of the song, and along with some fun side-slipping modulations toward the end, this version shows off Torme's incredible technique, twirling ornaments with a plum. The 1950s was so to speak, a period of import for Cuban music in the U.S. I Love Lucy, which debuted in 1951, was insanely popular, and thus the primary source of many Americans' knowledge of Cuba and its music. In 1954, Downbeat Magazine reported that, quote, almost all dance halls and nightclubs now require its band to have at least some mambos in their books. The cha-cha-cha arrived on American shores soon after. Don't be fooled, of course. This music that was unfurling from the hi-fis of Johnny and Jane 50s America was hardly anything that could be described as authentic. This fact alone, though, isn't entirely disheartening. As Ole Torme shows, drawing wispy strains up from the south and gently wrapping them around an energetic big band can really be a kick. But the movement, it should go without saying, did have its share of cultural side effects. To me it means Writer Louis A. Perez, in an essay within the 2003 book Inside Cuba, The History, Culture, and Politics of an Outlaw Nation, lamented the Cuban composers and musicians in the 50s struggling to compete in the market for commercialized rumba, mambo, and cha-cha-cha. Simply put, he wrote, they could not produce credible adulterations such as Papa Loves Mambo and the Davy Crockett Mambo. In the process, much creative energy went into the development of execrable material, little of which succeeded, but had the net effect of subverting the authenticity of the genre. There's something about that turn of phrase that Perez uses, credible adulterations, the idea that artists felt forced to try on the kitsch that they themselves inspired, that just breaks my heart. Yeah. 
Ole Torme for sure has its share of questionable cultural appropriation and lyrical issues, particularly listened to with 2016 ears. I immediately think, for example, of the line in Six Lessons from Madame Lozongo that goes, When the Madame starts to squawk, that's her Latin double talk. But that said, does this album sound fantastic? Hell yes, it does. It's quintessential Billy May, bringing beautiful, brash, subtle, witty, grin-inducing big band arrangements, a crazy solid band packed with first-rate West Coast players, and, of course, Mel Torme at the peak of his punch. Check it out. I'm Josh Rutner, and that's your album of the week. Cool it, they holler, stay right in your villa. We're on the air for a brand of vanilla. If you want to dance, want to dance in style. You better turn the dial to San Domingo Isle.